What's up, everybody? You have Justin Trees here, and like I mentioned in the last episode, Dan Kiefer. So welcome, Dan. Happy to have you back. Um, I know we've talked about this for a while, and man, I'm ready to talk about some betting. Yeah, hey, happy to be back. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, got to brag, because last time I was on, you and I called out our guy was Michael Pittman Jr. for the Colts. And once you know it, fast forward six week, here we are. And uh, our man's on a little bit of a heater. So hopefully we translate that heater into the betting world and uh, get some cash. Exactly. You know, you, you love to see it. Bible study is a real thing. So, um, yeah, so here said, we go. If you, if you want to score, get your ass to Bible study. All right. Exactly. Exactly. And hey, T.Y. Hilton's coming back. He bet his ass better be there this week. Like. That's uh, T.Y. T.Y. Houston. Okay. That's an, if we're doing gambling, that's important. T.Y. Hilton owns the Houston Texans. That is a that documented is a fact. fact. That is a fact. Absolutely. So, okay. So um, obviously we're going to have two episodes that come out basically. Actually, I just posted the other one. So two episodes of today or one, you know, a couple hours before, like I mentioned in it, Wanted to get into some betting stuff. Dan's my guy when we're talking about betting. We do this pretty often, just talking back and forth. So um, figured, one to what? Let, let's get a little show going on. We're going to talk about some of our favorite week seven college football and then some of our week six NFL bets. Um, so we've gone, I don't know, roughly about 10 or so each. Um, so we're going to walk through those. And then we both made a little four, uh, four team, four game parlay that we thought would be a lot of fun to talk about. So um, let's just dive right into it. Um, I'll start us off with my first one. And that is Oregon at 13 and a half at home against Cal- California. So um, first off, Cal is just garbage. Um, so there's that. Um, and then Oregon coming off of the ha- uh, hard loss against Stanford. Then they had the bye. So they've had two full weeks to really like just let this stew and just be like super mad about this loss. Luckily, they're still in that top 10. They still own their, you know, their way to honestly a college football playoff if they, if they just win out. So it's super important for them to really do some, you know, prove a point here. And my only concern with Oregon is um, their top two running backs are hurt. So that's a little bit of a concern there, but I think that with how bad Cal's offense is, I think that you just have to take Oregon coming off of a bye and um, Oregon, or I mean, sorry, California's defense averages giving up. I think it's like over 400 yards per game defensively. And I just think that Oregon's going to take advantage of it. Yeah, it's always nice to grab a team like Oregon on a bounce back, especially at home. Uh, Oregon's always one of those teams that when they win, they win pretty. Uh, you know, when they win, it's going to be a two-touchdown lead. You see the lines at 13 and a half. So I like that pick there. I uh, kind of wish I would have snuck that in on my side. Might uh, might have to grab my phone later and put that down on the card. Uh, my first game is when we talked about before the pod. Uh, I got Auburn at 17 Arkansas. I got Arkansas covering at four and a half. No, this isn't a night game. You obviously like to get Arkansas in the night games for the home field advantage, the atmosphere, but listen, Arkansas people, this is a good football team. All right. Uh, Back-to-back losses. Don't love that, but they're four and oh at home five and one against the spread on the year. Uh, Last week was a hard, hard loss to Ole Miss hard loss. So I like them to bounce back after that two games on the road. This is a homecoming of sorts. And I just, I don't trust Auburn. I don't. I think the defense is good. I think the offense run game wise is great, but four and a half, a touchdown lead, Arkansas, I'm taking that to the bank. Yeah. 
Um, and another thing, so we did talk about this, and the only reason I didn't have on mine is because it wasn't the night game, but I still probably would take it. Um, but the main thing is, is this is kind of like a revenge game, right? Because last year there was the crazy ending to this game where Bo Nix, it was a bad snap, and Bo Nix went to spike the ball, but he was facing the wrong way and spiked it, which makes it a fumble by the rule, but the refs just called it a spike. And so they got another play. And then that next play, they got into field goal range, kicked the field goal to win it, but really it should have been a fumble and Arkansas would have recovered that and just essentially won the game. So I think Arkansas is probably, you know, chomping at the bit for this game for sure. Yeah. Bo Nix is the, he's the Seattle Seahawks of the college football world. That guy, he's never played a normal football game. It Ever. just doesn't have it. Uh, <laughs> it so, really doesn't. And that's all I'm going to say about Bo Nix. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, all right. Next one for me is going to be, I mean, Alabama Crimson Tide. It's Alabama. You're not losing two games in a row. And coming off of a loss, you fully expect them to just, you know, step on the gas and go. Um, they're at minus 17 at Mississippi State. Honestly, Mississippi State's just not that good either. Um, but really, this is strictly you know Saban is going to want to win by 30. Like, he is going to have this team ready to roll. He, I'm sure he's put the fear of God into them saying, like, we literally can't lose again, and we still, we're still going to have to play Georgia. Like, and Georgia looks like the best team in college football. Like, you guys have to bring it, play in, play out, ready to go. Um, it, it, this really just comes down to Mrs., or sorry, Alabama losing last week that you just have to feel confident that they're going to win by three touchdowns. Definitely. And Alabama, you know, there's not a lot of data of, you know, normally you can look and see coaches after a loss, how they bounce back, talked about it with Arkansas. And there's not with Alabama because simply they don't lose. You know, there is no bounce back because they win every freaking game. So I, I'm right there with you. Saban sure as hell doesn't lose two games in a row or excuse me. And so this is going to be a we're still Alabama three touchdown kind of game. On the flip side, I got a little guy I like to cover, Matty Cover. Uh, the quarterback at Ole Miss, listen, it, if there's a single ticket in the nation that's worth the price of admission, it is any Ole Miss football game. Uh, they're favored by two and a half going up to Rocky Top, Tennessee. I like Ole Miss in this game. I do. I think they're an underrated football team still because they got shellacked, not even shellacked by Alabama. They got put in timeout by Alabama. Otherwise, they've been rolling. That offense is absolutely lethal. Lane will score as many points as he wants, however he wants. I won't be surprised if a wide receiver throws a touchdown pass in this game, but uh, Tennessee's better. They're better than advertised. They're not the shit show that they were two or three years ago. That's a competent football team. I just think two and a half, three-point victory for Ole Miss. I like them to keep rolling. I do too. The the night game that a Rocky top does scare me a little bit, but Ole Miss is for sure the better team. Um, isn't the over under something crazy in this game? It's like an 80. Cause I, so there's certain things you look for every week. The Ole Miss over is always one of them you look for because yeah. of the offense, right? Because of Lane Kiffin. It's like 82 and a half. Yeah. I saw it. And I went, Oh dear God. I, was, I can't, you can't, can't say it. You can't say yes to anything like that. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like if it, it was, if it was 68, if it was even 72, yeah, I I'm here. I'm thinking it. about it, but I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's like 82 and a half. And that's just, yeah. 
I no, <laughs> which is no. insane. And again, like I mean, last week that arc, what it was the Arkansas game, right? That they ended up they scored what was it, 103 because it was 51 52 against Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's possible. I mean, you know, they make possible. the lines that way for a reason. It's just totally probable. I don't think so. I I literally couldn't watch that game. Like if I said over. Honestly, if I said under, if I was at either one during that game, I couldn't watch it because I'd be freaking out the entire time. Like, because you choose the over, you have to be scoring touchdowns every like two or three minutes. And then like any punt, you're like, well, I lost it. Like, and at the same punt. time, you can't bet the under in an Ole Miss game because you're holding your breath every time the ball snapped because something insane is about to happen. Exactly. It's, it's it, if you don't love the over, don't bet the over under in old miss games when it comes down to because you're just gonna you're gonna be killing yourself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, uh, next one for me is going to be um, Utah State versus UNLV. Um, this one's at UNLV, so it's in Vegas, um, and I am taking Utah State at minus seven. Um, I I like this Utah State team, and given I live like. 40 miles from them. So I, I get a little bit more exposure to than most people, but they're just a hard nosed football team. And UNLV has proven that they can't really stop anybody. Um, and Utah state has a, you know, they have, a, they have good skill players. Um, none of them are great. I mean, you're not getting, you know, anybody fantastic. You're, you don't have another first round pick per se um, there, but you have some good college football players that are going to just not do the wrong thing. Um, and um, again, UNLV's defense is just really bad. You can tell that my approach this week is find the worst defenses that I can in college football and uh, take the other team. So uh, I'm going to take Utah state at minus seven at UNLV here. Yeah, hey, that is a completely your area of the country. Those are your teams. I'm just going to sign off on it. Uh, I'm sticking with what I know, and what I know is my Bearcats, our Bearcats, America's team, the Cincinnati Bearcats, led by Desmond Ritter. They have UCF coming to town. UCF without Dylan Gabriel. Remember, he's still out for the year, folks. Cincinnati is favored by 19 and a half, and that's a huge line. This is a, only a line you can get in college football at 19 and a half. The, these don't come around unless it's like the Randy Moss, Tom Brady Patriots playing against the Owen 16 Lions. I mean, these lines don't come around, but Cincinnati is a team that gets you down and stomps on your throat. Okay. So far this year, they dropped 55 on Austin Peavy. They dropped 49 on a Miami of Ohio, 42 on Murray State. 38 on Indiana. Yes, we had the Notre Dame 24-13 game. And then last week, 52-3 on Temple. This is a team that is making a statement every week. They understand to get into the college football playoff, they can't just run the table with a victory over Notre Dame. They need to make a point that we are head, shoulders, feet, boots, pants, jackets, everything above everyone we play. We are a top four team in the country. I think that continues, and they just absolutely maul UCF ex national champion at home. RIP ex national champion. Um, I, I actually considered taking this one as well um, because I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, quick question for Cincy. I mean, you're you're the Cincy guy. Like whenever I go to Twitter, like you're the guy that's pounding the table for Cincy more than anybody else. Um, well, Wisconsin sucks. I gotta like somebody. That's fair. That is <laughs> accurate and fair. Um, so. Do you believe that there are own, there has to only be either three teams with one loss or zero losses for Cincinnati to get in? 
Meaning, meaning like a one loss Alabama, one loss Georgia would get, or, or Oregon or Ohio state, all of those teams, one loss would get in over an undefeated Cincinnati team. Meaning there has to be three one lossers, zero loss teams, Cincinnati being one of those three to make sure they get it. Sure. So I think, and, and I, this is something you, you hate saying out loud, but I feel like Cincinnati is going to run the table. The, the big hurdle was Notre Dame. As long as they don't trip over their own feet, they should go undefeated. Okay. Uh, the SEC is always, you know, that's the nation's darling, the vote, the betters, the, the voters, they love the SEC. So if Georgia goes undefeated, obviously they're in, if Alabama wins the SEC, you know, they're in the question is if Alabama beats Georgia, does Georgia get in over Cincinnati? Because there's always that SEC bias. I think it depends on the score of the game, how Georgia looks in that game, how they look leading up to remember it is the SEC. They could lose to Florida, something like that. Who knows? Uh, as far as the Pac-12, I think they put Cincinnati above the Pac-12 champion, especially if that is like a one-loss, one-two-loss Oregon, something like that. I think they put Cincinnati above them because the Pac-12 just isn't seen in the same light as the rest of these Power Five conferences. Big Ten, who the hell knows anymore? Uh, <laughs> Ohio State has been running the conference, and all of a sudden it's a Penn State-Iowa kind of operation. So who knows? I think Iowa has the inside track, even though, in my personal opinion, they would have lost last week if Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt in a Penn State game. But right now, Iowa's got the inside track, so it seems like some sort of Georgia-slash-Bama, Cincinnati, Iowa, and then, you know, Maybe an at-large bid. Who knows? They sneak in the loser of Alabama, Georgia. They sneak in Oregon. Who knows? But I think right now Cincinnati is in as much of a control their own destiny as they can be. Yeah, that that's fair. I, I it's going to be so interesting now. This play like Cincinnati cannot wish for chaos more. Like that's what it comes down to. Like they just need as yep. much chaos as possible. And just be like, we'll just do our thing. You know, we'll just keep dominating, and you guys all just beat each other. That's fine. Um, all right, cool. Let's move on to the next one. And again, I went heavy college football. Uh, Dan did a good job of splitting it up between college football and <laughs> NFL this week. Um, but uh, my next one is actually Virginia at home against Duke. Uh, Virginia's minus 11. Uh, seems like a big number, but Virginia's quarterback is averaging throwing for, I think, 409 yards per game. Um, Duke's pass off pass defense is ranked like 109th in college football. Like, I think that Virginia is going to put up so many points. I would not be shocked if Virginia ends up putting up over 40 points and Duke's offense is just not built that way. They cannot keep up with that type of thing, which Duke is just set up for failure at this point. Like if your team is not set up for scoring, matching everybody, another offensive scoring, and you can't stop anybody you're going to lose a ton of games. And that is why I think they've only won one game this year. Um, so give me, give me the better quarterback against the shitty defense all day, um, especially at home. Um, Virginia is trying to make some noise in the ACC. And um, I mean, you have to beat these bad teams and you have to beat them by a lot to be able to make that noise. So um, I'll take Virginia at minus 11. Yeah, and uh, Virginia just feels like obviously they're in the same conference, but they just feel a class ahead of Duke. Like yeah. Duke, Duke is bumping up a weight class, coming or you know hosting Virginia. It just, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think 11, 11 is one of those hard numbers because you'd rather have it just be nine and a half because eleven, you know, 
it's a tough number. You can get stuck on 10 quite a bit, but uh, I'm right there with you. I think Duke just has so many holes up and down that roster that Virginia is going to be able to expose them. And this is one of the more friendly lines. Uh, so my last college game is actually one that, you know, I should, I, I, this should be on your card, Trees, is uh, Arizona State coming up to Utah night game. And this night is uh, right now Arizona State's favorite by one. I've seen it at one. I've seen it at a pick em. Either way, I'm taking the home team. I'm taking Utah because I think Devin Lloyd is the Jane Daniels stopper. Just plain, pure and simple. I, that 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 is the entire breakdown right there. I think he's the stopper. This is the game that hey, like I said, it's a night game, prime time. I think this is the game where Devin Lloyd goes from a really fun Utah story to a national story. This is a guy we need to talk about because I don't want to put on my my you know NFL draft hat here, but this is a name people should know. Yes, he is. Um, I I try to not really like do the scouting stuff for Utah fans because I understand the bias here. Um, but I've been saying this since last year. Like he is, in my opinion, the if not the best linebacker, minimum top three linebacker in this draft class. He is unreal. Um, first three games had over twelve tackles all three games, and then the last two he's had like eight or nine, but he's had picks and defensive you know deflections and all of that. Like he's everywhere. Team captain. Um, and I mean, a lot of people not from Utah don't understand this. So they have lost two players in the last nine months to shootings. So um, they lost Ty Jordan last year, like right before Christmas, um, right after the season ended. He was Pac-12 player of the year running back, legit probably one of the best running backs right behind the Robinson kid from uh, Texas and in the country. And then just two weeks ago, um, they lost another player who was Ty Jordan's best friend who was wearing his jersey this number, and we started a Ty, Johnson, uh, Ty Jordan um, scholarship. He got the first one, went to a house party after the Washington State game. People showed up that weren't invited. He went over, just said, hey, let's not, let's not do this. Like, you guys aren't invited. Can you guys please leave? Guy pulls out a gun and shoots him and his girlfriend. Um, horrible, horrible story. Um, horrible thing for just the state of Utah. Um, I actually sit in row 22, um, in aisle 22 and they named it after Ty Jordan during the first game at, uh, against Weber state. Now I'm sure they're going to do it after both of them. Um, but this is the first home game. The reason I'm saying this awful sad story is this is the first home game since the Aaron Lowe shooting. And, um, obviously last week against USC was the first game. Um, I think this place is going to get rowdy like you said it's an 8 p.m mountain time game <laughs> 8 p.m mountain time uh that's 10 p.m eastern time on espn Man, um, i uh i've seen you guys i've seen snapchats videos of you guys tailgating out there are, are we all gonna be standing at 8 p.m no we're not we're getting there <laughs> we're getting there way too early uh this week and um i posted a picture on twitter actually today it's, it's been snowing in utah the last two days um, I honestly oh, don't know if Arizona state's ready for the cold. Like it, it feels different when you get hit in the cold. I mean, like a lot of people know that, but like when you're at Arizona state, you don't deal with that. So honestly, I like the pick. I stayed away from it because I try not to bet against or bet for or against my team very often, but I love it. And, um, I hope it comes true because, um, the youths need that win. They still control their own destiny, um, in the pack 12. So love to see that. Um, all right. The next one, um, going to stay in that Pac-12. Um, UCLA um, at Washington, and I'm taking the over 54 and a half. Um, 
it just feels like a low number to me for a Pac-12 game. Um, UCLA has been over this um, four out of their five games already this year. Um, Washington has been over, I believe, three out of their five. It just feels like Pac-12, I mean, like you kind of mentioned it, like Pac-12 is not as good as the other conferences, the big ones, and that's true. And it really comes down to defense, I think. Like they're just, they can't stop people. UCLA, the speed and the powers get in there. And Washington's, Washington just probably has the best players in the conference. So I'm going to trust that they're going to be able to try to match UCLA's offense. Um, so I'm going to take the over 54 and a half there. Yeah, I really like uh, Zach Charbonnet to have another big game there. Uh, you know, UCLA is one of those teams that was like a early season darling. And since then, the shine's kind of rubbed off them a little bit. They're still the same team. You know, nothing's changed. They're still a darn good team. You had DTR. Uh, I think, yeah, definitely the over in that game seems like a pretty safe bet. And it's always nice to look for these lines on teams that aren't the focus of the national national media's, you know, the spotlight, because that's how you get the good lines. There's not a pile of public money getting thrown one way or the other. So that's how, you know, you're getting a nice clean line uh, on a 54 and a half over under for UCLA, Washington. Absolutely. Um, you want to go? I mean, I still got some college. I see, you you might as well finish out, finish you out your finish? college card. Okay. Uh, you got a couple cool. here because uh, NFL side, I got, I got a lot. You do got a lot. So, okay, cool. Um, and I'll kind of crank through these a little bit. Um, under 51 for Vandy, South Carolina. Neither of these offenses are good, um, especially Vanderbilt's. Um, and honestly, I kind of like the defenses. They have some speed to them that can slow down other teams that will slow down each other since the offenses aren't very good. Um, I just don't see how either of these teams, like really one of them is going to have to put up 28 points um, to make this an over. And I don't see either one of them getting over uh, that. So I see this being a low scoring game. I see this being like a 10, 17, 10, 21, somewhere in that area and safely on the under on that one. So um, under 51 there. Um, this next one is this one was hard for me because I was trying to decide on if I was going to take the over or if I was just going to take Oklahoma state just straight up. But I mean, after the whole Texas, Oklahoma thing last, last week, I just like, how does Texas respond? I'm like, how do they respond? And that is just the key. Like their college players, like that was devastating blowing that lead against Oklahoma. I know you took Texas there um, sure did. last week. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was one of the 8 million people to victory lap at halftime. And then, just like, all right, great. I went outside, got a little stuff, got a little yard work done, came back inside. And I just felt like I got the wind taken out of me. It's like, what, how did we get here? How uh, did we get here? Uh, oh, so man. I just, I full on put an embargo on Texas for the weekend. Uh, you burned me that bad. I'm just going to stay away from you from a weekend. Uh, you know, you're not going to fool me twice. So yeah, I just stayed away from Texas, but uh, yeah, shark and uh Shark and the mullet, uh, you know, Oklahoma State, Texas, it's going to be a – that should be a high-scoring game. It just should be. Two offensive teams. It is, right? And so I was just like, one, I'll take the over. Like, give me give me the over 60 points. I think both, team are, both teams will easily get over 28 here. Um, and then, the, you know, somebody's going to somebody's gonna end up in 40. I don't know who wins this game, but um, the winner for sure will have over 40 points in that game. Um, and then – Staying in that big 12 right there. Uh, I'm going to take the over 65 on TCU and Oklahoma. Um, I mean, Rattlers sitting at Rattlers out now. Um, and I think this Oklahoma offense is going to be 
more dangerous and put up way more points. You could see it in that second half of that Texas game. Um, and TCU always puts up points. That's literally what they do, like death taxes and putting up points. That's what that's what they do at Texas Christian. So give me the over 65. This is one that I was wishing was a little bit lower. Like I would feel a lot more confident if this was at like 60, 59. Um, obviously people are going to make, duh, if it's less, you're going to feel more confident. But um, but like it's, it's a number that you could see it being. So um, this one is a little bit risky. I think, I think this is the riskiest one of all my picks, but um, I'm just trusting that Big 12 is going to do a Big 12 thing and score a ton of points. So that's just it, right? You know, at the end of the day, you come back to conference trends. Uh, you look at, you know, the, the overs are, you know, you're looking Pac-12 offensive teams, uh, Big 12, obviously always known for defense is optional. And then if you're one of those sick bastards that likes to bet unders, hey, come on up here to Big Ten country. We'll show you what an unders like. Uh, so it's just, yeah, you watch these conference trends, you watch these team trends. We, we really hammered home, like, you know, teams like Ole Miss. And then uh, once again, you know, just watching, uh, you can't understate the power of an emotional game such as Arizona State, uh, Utah. So college is always more, uh, you know, there's no constants with college. It's, you know, things can get crazy any Saturday. We see it every weekend. But now we're going to turn the page to NFL. You know, these are teams that we know more about. There's more of a, you know, focus on every single team, knowing the ins and outs. There's fantasy football. You know, these are teams we really know. So I always feel like the NFL lines are a little more exact than college lines. But this week, there was just, I'm telling you, man, there's just a lot of lines I liked. And uh, kicking things off, we have uh, Minnesota traveling to Carolina. I'm taking Carolina in this one because I have a theory, okay? And it's very simple, and that's Kirk Cousins ain't shit. <laughs> um, I love I love Carolina's defense. I think they're legit. Whether it's Christian McCaff, God, or Chuba Hubbard in the backfield this week, I think either way, Carolina wins outright. So that makes them an easy pick to cover one. I you know could be a high scoring game. Darnold has been playing out of his mind. Further proving, all you need to do to be good is get the hell away from Adam Gase. So whatever yes. high school he's currently coaching at, kids transfer, transfer, get out of there, absolutely, Just get out. Um, so in the last episode that we did, I actually did take Carolina at one. So I agree with you there. I almost took them, but instead of taking Carolina straight up, I just said, wonder what I'm going to just take the over at 45 and a half in this game. Um, because I truly believe that Carolina is going to put up a ton of points. DJ Moore has solidified himself as a top, I don't know, 10 wide receiver right now. Like he is on yeah, like definitely eight catches a game. Like honestly, he, he's fine. It's he's not contested. You know, no. when he, you watch wide him, open. he's got three or four yards of separation. He's wide yeah. open. And I'm sorry, nope. Pat, Pete, buddy, it, it it's you shouldn't have gone back to seven because you're, it, yeah. this is not Patrick Peterson. For anybody watching, this is not the guy that we had in Arizona. Okay. No, this is, this is a shell and there's absolutely no one else in that Minnesota secondary. So yeah, I'm right there with you. And this is going to be a Sam Darnold, DJ Moore kind of game might even get some love to the young guys, Terrace Marshall. We'll see. But yep. uh, yeah, I, I, I really like Carolina in this game. Uh, you said you're taking the over uh, yep. my next game. I got, I got Kansas city. So, Hey, shout out Austin. Uh, they're going to Washington. This is going to be another, I think, high-scoring game. I think Taylor Haneke is going to air it the hell out to, to Scary Terry. But I like Kansas City. Uh, you look at it, this is a team that is perennially going deep into the playoffs, making the Super Bowl, and they're looking up at the Chargers right now. They're looking up at the Broncos right now. There needs to be a team gathering of, hey, boys, we need to get our SHIT together 
And I think that starts this week. Washington does not have the same defense they had last year. Still can't figure that one out because there's more talent on that defensive line than there is in an Alabama recruiting base. But for some reason, it's just not happening for Washington. So I like Kansas City. Yes, it's a big line at six and a half. So I like Kansas City to win by a touchdown. I like that a lot, actually. Um, And here's the theory on that defense is, yes, their defensive line is good, but they read into the headlines way too much this offseason. And they faced something crazy, like seven backup quarterbacks last year, like seven or eight. It was ridiculous. And so, like, I'm not taking anything away from them. They're all amazing. And Chase Young not having a sack yet is just, like, mind-boggling, right? Like, he's so talented, he should. But, like it almost feels like some of those sacks were becoming be just because you were facing backup quarterbacks. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it, yeah, it very well could be. And, you know, it's something you always worry about with a young team. Uh, but, you know, I always, if you worry about a young team, you know, reading into headlines, bulletin board material, what have you, but you'd think with an established coach like Ron Rivera, he'd be able to rally the troops, keep everybody focused, but uh you know, not, not to get political, but there's a lot going on in Washington right now. That's not football related. And I just can't help, but think that that's impacting the team as well. Uh, next up, I think we got our first match of the day. We do. We match do of the final. week is nope. uh, I'll let you take it away. It's Dallas uh, at new England. Dallas is, you can get them either in minus three, minus three and a half, um, depending on where you're at. We're both taking Dallas here. Um, it'll be interesting to see what your reasoning is, but like for me, it's like, New England can, I don't think they're going to be able to stop this running game. I think that this is going to be a huge Zeke game. I think this is going to be a huge Pollard game. Um, I know in DFS lineups, I'm starting both of them in a lineup just because I think that it's going to be both of them going off. Also, you save a ton of, ton of cash in that. So you can do a lot of other crazy stuff, but um, I actually kind of think it's down games for guys like CD lamb and Amari Cooper, just because so much is going to go to the two running backs and Schultz, the tight end that um, it's just going to be hard for new England to stop to, sorry, to stop. And then new England, I think they're going to be passing the ball a lot, but I think that this defense for Dallas is going to continue to cause turnovers. Like they've done a great job this year. And this is one of the things that I was dead wrong on to start the season. I still thought that this defense was going to be complete trash. Like I didn't, I didn't have them making the playoffs because I was just like, I just can't trust the defense. Um, I was wrong on it. And I think that they're, they're going to, they're going to make things difficult for Mac Jones um, and no Damian Harris. I think that's a big loss there. Um, you just lost James White a couple of weeks ago. So now you're already down your two main running backs that you practiced all off season with. Um, and I think that's a big thing for this uh, new England offense. Yeah. And my reasoning is in the same area of yours. I think one way or another, this Dallas offense is going to move the ball. Uh, I like your theory with Pollard and Zeke moving the ball. We've seen Dallas for the first time in what, probably two or three years, win running the ball, not having to have Dak throw for 404. And that's a dangerous thing. So I think Dallas is going to continually keep pressure on New England. And what we have seen is when you force New England to come one-dimensional with Mac Jones, they crack and he doesn't do well. When, when Mac Jones can't dink and dunk the – Offense that everybody likes to think Tom Brady ran for 20 years where everything's within five yards of the line of scrimmage. When you take that away and force them to push the ball down the field, he has bad games. He had that three interception game. Okay. This is, he's just not there yet. Yeah. I think he gets there eventually, but right now he's a rookie. He's not there yet. 
So I think Dallas keeps the pressure on and New England just can't keep up because they just don't have the horses to run with the Cowboys. And uh, while we're on Dallas, you talked about the defense and we need to do a national uh, PSA because the stigma around Dan Quinn only running a cover three won't run anything but a cover three is gone. Because he's throwing the book at teams every week. And that's something you love to see because there's this stigma around Seattle and Dan Quinn that they only run one defense and that's it. And you watch the Cowboys, they don't run one defense, folks. It's, you know, it, it is it is an NFL defense. So I'm right there with you. I'm hammering Dallas this weekend. Absolutely hammering them. Okay. Uh, another team I'm big on is Buffalo. We got Buffalo going to Tennessee. Yes, this is a Monday night game, I believe. Uh Tennessee should have Julio Jones back. So if you're like me and you're a Julio Jones owner in Dynasty and you know he only plays one out of every eight games, hey, Monday nights are one, okay? So let's let's ride. But Buffalo looks unstoppable, truly unstoppable right now. Uh, I know this game's at Tennessee, which does worry me a little bit in prime time. But I think this Bills team, I mean, they look like they can't be beat. And Stephon Diggs hasn't even taken off yet. So I, I like Buffalo at five and a half. I, I love this. I've actually, I'm actually trying to trade for Diggs in one of my leagues uh, because he hasn't taken off yet. And I'm like, it's coming soon. So, uh, and here's my take. I kind of said this on the last episode too, but I don't think Tennessee Titans are very good. I no. truly don't think they're a good team. Like, and again, yes, I'm a biased Jags fan. The Jags were an inch away from making this like a, like a two point game in the fourth quarter, didn't get it. And then like, then the Titans just ran it down their throat and got it to two point game or two score game. And then it, you know, everything, everything got ruined at that point, but like the Jags had them against the ropes for a minute and the Titans, like if any team that you that truly lets the Jags like hang around that you're in trouble. And I'd say that like, cause I mean, the, the Cardinals were down by 11, but the Cardinals said, oh, fuck that. Like, we're, we're just taking off in the second half. And same, and the Broncos did the same thing. Shit, the Bengals did the same thing. Um, Titans honestly just got it, got lucky. Like, it was a, it was a re- reverse call. Like, I thought Trevor Lawrence was in on a rushing touchdown. Um, they somehow reversed it. Then it came Me to too. fourth down. They came to a fourth down, and then it was just the worst play call I've ever seen in my life on a fourth down. And then they lost like seven yards on a fourth down and goal from the inch line. Um, way to way to have Carlos Hyde in and not James Robinson. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, by the way, our teams play each other in London this weekend, so um, kind of uh, ironic. Ironic. It's that nice we, to get that out of the way on. early in the morning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, how I'm looking at it. Like, okay, we can just we can just get it out of the way. Yep, exactly, exactly. Um, so, um, so yeah. anyway, sorry. The point is, I love the Buffalo five and a half here. Yeah, and uh, if anybody's curious how excited we are about our teams playing each other, neither of us have anything about that game anywhere on the slate. No, nope. absolutely nowhere. <laughs> I want nothing, nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. It's just, it's just gonna, yeah, it's it's going to happen Sunday morning one way or another. Uh, so yeah, so Buffalo five and a half at Tennessee. Then I got a couple. Uh, I got a couple over unders. I love the under. For Seattle going to Pittsburgh on Sunday night football, it's set at 42. Pittsburgh's favored by five. If you want to take Pittsburgh, sure. I'm concentrating on the under here. This screams 17-13 to me. Uh, Seattle lost Russell Wilson. Pittsburgh just doesn't have an offense. It just, it just, everything looks wrong right now. Juju's out. Deontay's still dropping passes. Ben has proven his... Uh, quote that he's never used a quarterback coach to be accurate because he's just out there flailing around 
you know, pretending to be a tough guy. Oh, my shoulder. Oh, my shoulder. Nobody touched you, Ben. Nobody touched you. Stop trying to be a hero. Uh, (laughs) So if you think Najee Harris can score three touchdowns and get Pittsburgh to 21, great. I don't know. Uh, Chris Carson is still a maybe, maybe will, maybe won't play. Uh, So we're talking backup running back, backup quarterback for Seattle. This is an ugly game. I think this is just going to be a pure, plain, simple, ugly game. This is going to be a Big Ten NFL game. Uh, So I like the under uh, for Seattle, Pittsburgh. And then on the flip side, an entertaining game of two very competent offenses is we have Arizona going to Cleveland. That over-under is only 49 and a half, which seems criminally low. Uh, I think this is going to be a big Rondale Moore game if you're watching snap counts. And then Cleveland always moves the ball through the air, through the ground. They find a way, even though Baker's dinged up. I think this is going to be a go get them, like a fantasy football haven of points. I love the over for uh, Arizona Cleveland. I literally just got on the last episode going off about how this is a Rondell Moore game. Like this is oh, prime. Like, like I'm like, he took over Chris, uh, Christian Kirk's role last week. Like he finally had more snaps than him, more target share. Um, he's had more target share, like three out of the five weeks so far. And the way that Cleveland just got beat against um, the chargers last week, like it's, it's just like, yeah, this has to be a Rondell Moore game. Like they, they are going to use that speed and just go. So I love that. Uh, and very much. today, Thursday, Nuke did not practice. He is, so he didn't practice, yeah, but he, this, but he, he is, was, he is the captain of no practice all week, Sunday game on dude's just a gamer, up. but if he's not a hundred percent, those are more reps Rondale's getting in practice. You yeah. know, so it's a little of addition by subtraction. Uh, exactly. so yeah, I think with Arizona, it sucks because you never know who's going to be the one to go off, whether it's Kirk, totally. you know, usually it's nuke could be Rondale. I think this week it's a Rondale game. I agree. Um, and so a couple weeks ago when the Jags played them, uh, Nuke didn't practice all week, didn't practice a single time, not even Friday, um, ended up playing and he had like two catches for like 20 yards. And then he practiced the last couple of weeks and now he's not practicing again. I totally agree with what you're saying. So um, cool. I love all of these. So, all right. So we have, now we have, I'm like, I'm like writing all these down. I'm like, okay, which ones do I want to try to take advantage of? Um, okay. So we have a four-game parlay that we both wanted to play. Um, some of them, what we've already gone over at this point, some of them are different ones as well. Um, so I'll just run through mine. I'll let you run through yours. Um, again, mine are all college because apparently I hate the NFL. Um, but it is Liberty at minus 32 and a, uh, and a half over Monroe. Monroe is probably the worst college football team um, there is this year. Um, Liberty. Uh, respect to UConn. Okay. Respect to UConn. Yeah, that, that is a little bit disrespectful there. Um, so, but I mean, I mean, they probably have the best quarterback in the nation right now, Liberty. So um, give me 32 and a half there. Love that. Um, Michigan State, I think they continue to, t- to do what they do um, this year. Stay undefeated. Um, Indiana is not a good team in the, in the Big Ten. Um, so give me four minus four and a half for Michigan State. Um this next one, a little bit interesting. I'm taking Boston College at plus three over NC State. Um, yes, NC State beat Clemson, and a lot of people are going to like put that like in the saying like that's a big thing. Clemson's not good this year. They're just really not a good team. So, um, and BC had Clemson up against the ropes as well, and then they just had like a fumble at the end of the game or something like that. Um, so, give me Clemson. Really, the first true underdog I've taken today um, at plus three against NC State, and then I added this one late. Um, it's Florida minus eleven. Again, we talked about the minus eleven. It scares me, and that's why I kind of didn't want to do it. But LSU, man, 
top like three cornerbacks are out and now their best wide receivers out. I'm like, I just don't know how they're going to run. They're just broken. I mean, they're just broken. They just seem like a broken team right now. Yeah. The the rumors are, you know, coach O could is, I mean, he is on the hot seat, Uh, but you know, it could be, it could be a firing situation coming in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Top two corners are out top receivers out. It just, they, they do. They just feel like a broken record at this point. And it's, Man, since Brady and Brady and Burrow left, it's uh, it's gotten ugly. It's been there. rough. It's been rough for sure. So uh, I'm taking those four as my four game parlays, and we'll hand it off to you. Yeah. So I uh, just basically picked my favorite uh, NFL picks, threw together a little parlay here that worked out pretty nice. Uh, we have the Arizona Cleveland over the Seattle at Pittsburgh under, and then once again the game of the week to hammer, according to us, Dallas getting three at uh, taking three at new England and then Carolina over Minnesota, $100, one unit bet will fetch you $1,200, which is, those are the favorite parlays, right? You just start picking games. Like, I, I will see how this works out. And then you get a nice fat number at the bottom. That's what you like. Yeah, exactly. That, that is what parlays are meant for right there. So uh, love I that. don't know if you saw the tweet, but it's uh uh, it, it was something along the lines of guys won't go to therapy, but they'll literally play a 10 game parlay every weekend. It's like, well, that's <laughs> that I am in this tweet and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. Like, don't attack me like this. What, what's going on here? Um, I did not see that, but I should show my wife that cause she, uh, she does not love how upset I get in, uh, in my betting world here. Um, I actually haven't like really mentioned like we're literally so we're considering moving um right now and like legit like we're looking at states just so I can sports bet more because <laughs> Utah it's not yeah. legal so I'm just like all right I got what it. states are legal in and these are the ones I'm considering now it's not legal in Wisconsin but if I drive 10 minutes south it is so that's awesome that is that. awesome yeah so uh we have a we have a family house down in southern utah and it's on the border of that in arizona and nevada like it literally splits the three and so like i'm the same way like i'm like literally like a 15 minute drive i'm like i'll just drive down here and then like then i can make my bets every saturday and sunday morning whenever we're yep. down there so this is perfect. the way yep because it makes total sense that i can't just do whatever i want with my money like sure like why it's, not it, it, sooner or later they're going to realize that it's just going to happen so everybody yeah. does it anyways right like everybody's like exactly. got accounts of like in like fucking like europe like just transfer at least euros just make it legal make it legal so you can tax it people come on exactly right so and, I, and i'll take that so all right cool well there you go we just named off i don't know like 20 different bets right there um and honestly i feel pretty good about m- most of them, if not all of them, obviously they're not all going to hit because that's just the way sports betting is. But but if I mean, they do, if they do, but if they do, yeah, but if they do, everybody's coming back. That's what it, that's, that's what it comes right. down to. So, um, all right, cool. Um, so again, we're going to try to do this every week. Um, kind of just depends. We've been talking. We want to try to get this out earlier in the week, mainly because we get a lot better spreads um, earlier in the week. So we're going to do that next week. Might be a later week, might not even happen at all. I have a work thing that I'm going to be gone on, everybody. But um, again, we're going to try to do this a lot more frequently because we just love, we're degenerates. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, so that's right. we're all in this um, together. Yeah, exactly. So um, again, Dan, appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, man, love being here. Uh, hopefully we can do this again real soon. Yeah, cool. All right, everybody. And tonight we've been talking football. <laughs>